You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. How dare Clutch Sports announce that Anthony Davis is out in New Orleans, right in the middle of the run-up to the Super Bowl. I'm trying to get my fill of fluff interviews with all these guys at the Super Bowl, and I can't pay attention because Rich Paul and Clutch Sports has manipulated the media. Is this a stroke of genius by David Silver and Clutch Media to get all eyes off the Super Bowl and back to the NBA? Yes, because now the NBA has fined Anthony Davis $50,000 for going public saying he wants to be traded. Well, that's So they're like... We didn't do this on purpose. NBA rules. You know what's really cool about that is that the NBA rules preclude players from recruiting other players. Yeah, didn't they? Shouldn't and LeBron they find James, LeBron? It's a matter of record. LeBron and James and him went to dinner. What do you think they were talking about? Trap music? Duh. Well, see, the thing the about Super Bowl? it is now that the players are talking about their moves, it's called collusion. All these owners go back behind closed doors, talk about it all day long, they got to get over that whole thing. Nobody's buying that it's collusion. Like, Chris, if you're one of the best radio hosts in the country, and I say, and I, I, I am, and I'm only another show, and somebody goes, Hey, man, do you want to work with Chris and Lambert and Trent Nichols? I'm like, Hell to the yeah, I wanted to work with those guys. <laughs> See, what am I going to say? Like, is that collusion? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I think it, it is. Well, I, I think what you're going to see in the next year or two, I think the NBA is going to change the rules because nobody's playing by them anyway. And I think organizations, you've got to draw the line there. And the Lakers got popped on the wrist a couple years ago uh, when Magic Johnson couldn't quit bumping his gums. But right now, with the way the players interface with one another and social media and all the rest of that stuff, just scrap the rules, man. If these and guys want to try to recruit other players, come on, man. Just whatever. Just stop pretending. And if, like, if everybody sees that LeBron's best friend has his own, you know, agent, sports agent company or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, what was everybody else with unlimited amount of money going to do when they want to, coll- quote unquote, collude? Well, Kevin it, Durant's going to open up, like, I don't like to pass sports agency. Well, here's the thing. Is collusion in some form or fashion has been going on since the inception of sport. Right. And, I mean, you don't have to look back far. I mean, th- let's think about uh, Dwight Howard going to Houston. Uh, Dwight Howard just happened to same, have the same representation as Chandler Parsons, who coattailed right in there. And the conversation was, eh, we can get you Dwight Howard if. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes on. It's how things work. The thing, you know, the NFL made a move that was along these lines a few years ago where they took and said, all right, we're going to have this period before 
free agency opens where you can openly negotiate because everybody was doing it anyway. Right. So to kind of take the, you know, and they backed it up 72 hours. They might as well just back it up a week or two. Can I ask a question, though? Yeah. What, what, what would have Anthony Davis done? There's 10 days left to the trade deadline. Is he not supposed to tell his team right? Like, well, you know what I, I mean? Like, I mean, if he's – I think he's sitting out tonight's game. I don't know if that's injury-related or because he's just going to sit out until he plays to get traded. No, he's, that's not, that's not going to happen. But he's been really good through this whole process. Like, he's been mum the word the entire time. And the league, that's the league. That's Silver going, throwing an olive branch out to all the owners who get butt hurt because these players are actually talking to each other and saying, hey, look. We can go over here and win a championship over here where we choose to play. Well, of course they are. The The thing that I would say about the Anthony Davis situation is if the Pelicans found out definitively for the first time when the public statement came from Clutch Sports, that's foul. I doubt that that's the situation. Um, they have been very adamant all along that their intent was to sign him. Anthony Davis publicly has always said, you know, we'll kind of wait and see. I love New Orleans, blah, 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 blah. But when you when you listen and and read between the lines when he has talked about the community in New Orleans, it's always been a you all type situation, not a us. He's not Drew Brees. Yeah. Now, here's what I'll say about the Lakers and their situation. Everybody in America right now is trying to figure out are there other alternatives besides LA? LA, Magic Johnson. This is my message to you. If you want Anthony Davis to be in L.A. anytime in the next two years, you need to go overpay right now. Right now, today. Because the New Orleans Pelicans may or may not have any interest in trying to make Anthony Davis happy with where they send him. If you get to the offseason, Boston, if they want Anthony Davis, will have the best package available for Anthony Davis, period. If you're going to try to wait this out and play this game where we're just not going to give up assets and we'll get him for nothing in free agency a year and a half from now, you need to look no further than Paul George. It was a foregone conclusion. Paul George made no bones about it. I'm going to L.A., so trade me or don't. And L.A., as they conversed with Indianapolis or Indiana, uh, their thing was, well, yeah, 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 Brandon Ingram's untouchable. No Brandon Ingram in the deal. And L.A.'s like, all right, screw you. We'll just go ahead and wait and pick him off from free agency. And Paul George. Well, maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe they said, look at AD's. I would Paul George tearing it up, though. But but like Paul George, how would AD and LeBron play together anyways? What's that? How would they play together anyways? Perfect. In theory. Do you think? Yeah, I think so perfectly. I was telling uh, Chris earlier, this is kind of the opposite of different circumstances, but you know how like it was Shaq's team in LA and then it became Kobe's team? Yeah. This is the exact same situation except it's you're Reversed. swapping the small to the big. Yeah. Gotcha. And I can just see him coming in there, winning a couple of rings. Kimball Walker, I mentioned to Chris, I don't know how the money works that because I don't ever want to look at the money because that takes too too much work. <laughs> but my thing is is that you get Kimball Walker in that mix, that's awesome, but it slowly becomes AD's team, and then he's marketing. Chris made a great point over the phone today. He's like, I knew exactly when he made his decision because he didn't make first team in the uh, in his conference all-star team. As soon as that 
that that yeah, is what I, you said. I don't believe it was a coincidence. So I mean, I mean if you, if you the Pelicans arguably shouldn't even have an NBA team because I mean, if you can't get butts in seats in New Orleans to watch AD, who outside of a Zion Williamson, who are you going to get to have people show up to the games? I think they got top the lower five attendance in the entire league or something Part of like that's that. that's because they have they I'm I'm not certain it's the smallest. They have one of the smallest arenas out there and there are no plans to build a new facility. So that's part of the problem right there is that they're sort of strapped. The other thing, too, and I'm not trying to piss anybody off, Uh there's not a whole lot of money floating around New Orleans like there are in most of the (coughs) markets. I mean, if you go to some place, let's put our finger on a city, um, Charlotte. You love to say how people don't want to come to Charlotte to play professional sports. Charlotte is the mecca of the world. Compared to New Orleans, I think there was money floating around New Orleans, but it was during to oh, Katrina. See, see, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one coming. the The thing with <laughs> the thing with New Orleans is, wow. and and this is coming from me. This is not from a place of those people. I lived on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, an hour from New Orleans. I'm sorry, Chris. But of course, depth, you did. <laughs> the depth of how bad of what Trent just said just settled that, in yeah, on me. That, that wasn't cool. So I used to have to commute back and forth to New Orleans on a, on a weekly basis. New Orleans is the consummate place that you'd love to visit. Yeah. Nobody wants to live there. Once you get in, and Katrina kind of drove that home. They came in and all of their resources were geared toward, let's get the French Quarter back together. And they didn't do anything <laughs> outside of the French Quarter. And it was bad before, and it's worse now, and it's going nowhere. As a multi, multi, multi multi-million dollar athlete, there ain't much going on in the French Quarter for you. That's why they're going back to Seattle. It's yeah. New Orleans is going to move to Seattle. You think that's you think that's really might be what happens? Yeah. Maybe maybe Seattle. I do think um, New Orleans is kind of one of those places where you go, but then you feel like you got to wash it off of you after you leave. It's like Vegas. It's worse than Vegas. By the way, far worse than Vegas. By the way, side note: Vegas. You may want to pay attention. Our NFL, NBA, hockey teams. Anybody moving to Vegas, gambling is going to about to be legal everywhere. Okay. Yeah. So that whole industry might be turned over on its head, and frankly. I've been to Vegas. The last thing I'm thinking about is going to see a pro sports game in Vegas. Like I'm, I'm good on it. I can go. I live in a relatively large market. Um, I remember the um, the U.S. team played one year. I was there. Had all the marquee names. All I had to do was drive to drive to UNLV's arena, and I was like, Nah, be bothered. I'm, I'm going to go play blackjack. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I'm so, I mean, I, I didn't mean to take us off, but. New Orleans may be one of those teams. First of all, your name's Pelicans. Yeah, I know. Who wants That's to a say they're a start. Pelican fan? You know who's Pelican fans? The kids that watch Finding Nemo too much with that Pelican that saves Nemo at the end of the damn movie. That's who watches That's who this? likes the Pelicans. The kids. Nah, man. If you can't, if AD can't. That one was brutal. His game. I'm going to edit that one out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. But AD, you got guys like Embiid. AD, they're so big and they move so fast and they can do all the things that small guys do, or a lot of them. If you can't get butts in seats with him there, you probably should go ahead and move that franchise somewhere else. Well, See, but I think I think Chris is right, though. Magic, listen, 
if you can't get this done in 10 days, he's going to end up in Boston. I I don't see how Danny that's Ainge not going to happen if he gets, if he gets over to him the for summertime. Years. He has. And last year, as they were making their moves and all the rest of that, we talked about it at length. Anthony Davis is going to wind up a Celtic. If he gets to summer, Danny Ainge can put together a package in five minutes better than anything anybody else in the NBA can offer. Let me pose a question, one more question before we go to break. If you had if you take Kyrie out of there and put AD in the Celtics, are you better with AD than you are right now with Kyrie? A thousand percent. Uh, infinitely better. So because Rogier step down from the step down from Kyrie Irving to Rogier is you're not missing that much. In the last calendar year, when Kyrie has sat out from the playoffs all the way to this year, the Celtics play better. Danny Ainge is not stupid. He may actually move Kyrie now to get AD. I don't, I don't think know he that can, there's enough though. time to make all of that happen. In 10 days? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be tough. And it, you know there could be a three-way trade and the rest of that. The, pro- the other piece of that problem is, is that Kyrie's a free agent. So who's really going to go all in on Kyrie? Hell, he won't even commit to re-sign with the Celtics. Well, he has. He so, says he. Yeah, sure he has. Of course, sure he has. And now the question is, well, does Danny Ainge want him? Now, if I'm Boston, and that's really what I want to try to make happen, I'm trying to get the Knicks involved in a three-way deal for Kyrie because I think Kyrie would commit to the Knicks to sign an extension or redo his deal. What about Brooklyn? Whatever. Ah, Brooklyn's Brooklyn's another option. In fact, to think because I think about Kyrie it, has already gotten people option. ready to go to Brooklyn. Well, with Brooklyn, them. well, maybe. I mean, the the idea was, well, Jimmy Butler's going to go wherever he goes, but I think Jimmy Butler's going to stay in Philly when it's all said and done. So this thing is all fluid. But my message to the Lakers and Laker fans: don't sit back and think, well, we're just going to wait this out because this is where the guy said he wants to go. I'm not buying it. The other piece is, is you dropped something and said, well, best friend. And I think you were talking about LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD have a relationship. The relationship that is sneaky tight is Kyrie and AD. So we'll finish that thought on the other side, and uh, maybe we can figure out what's going to happen. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with Anthony Davis. I was I said going into the break, the sneaky close relationship is Kyrie Irving and AD. And I'm not sure that it's not them that's colluding. I told you I don't believe in I don't believe in coincidence. The fact that reports came up a week ago that Kyrie called LeBron and said, Hey man, my bad. You know, I should have appreciated it more. I shouldn't act the way I did, whatever the case might be. We kind of joked 
Well, maybe that's him, you know, mending fences. Kyrie is going to be a free agent coming up here very soon. I don't think Kyrie has any designs on going someplace and putting a team on his back. He's been there before and didn't enjoy the, the process of being the only guy on the Cavaliers. So I don't think that's what he's looking for. He's got to get rings. And he's got the one in in, in uh, uh, Cleveland, but he wants to add to his legacy. And that's, you know, father time, tick, 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 tick. Kyrie's a young man, but he sees the shape of the NBA these days where it takes multiple stars. And when I say multiple, three or more. Yeah, Golden State, as their team is currently constructed, is forcing all these stars' <laughs> hands to go and team up with well, multiple all-star, you know, multiple, I don't know, world beaters. Absolutely. And Golden State, uh, people have a short memory sometimes. Golden State didn't start this, okay? This has been, if you look back to the Showtime Lakers and the Celtics of the 80s, those were super teams. But as we got into the free agent era, the evolution of these teams began. The one that is easy to put your finger on is the Miami Heat, obviously. When right. Wade was in place, LeBron cut the deal with Bosch and said, hey, we're going to go down there and join him. And it worked out. But people forget it wasn't that many years later. Houston did the same thing. It just didn't work. I you just know, think the only Dwight difference Howard, is... Remember when Dwight Howard went to Houston? We're like, oh, my God. Right. This I think the only difference is that Golden State took it to a whole, whole other level that we've never seen before. Like you're talking about the Miami Heat, and then you got at number four Shane Battier. Well, but Golden like, State, Golden State got it right because Golden State didn't just go out and buy these pieces. They drafted well, too. Right. So they had these young, controllable pieces. They signed Steph to an extension when people were like, oh, got to be careful. Steph keeps getting hurt. They got him on a friendly contract that is what it turned out to be. At the time, people were like, that's a big investment for an undersized guy that can't stay healthy. They drafted Draymond. They drafted Clay, And then they went and bought Kevin Durant. They add Iguodala into the mix. Now they've added Boogie Cousins into the mix. Golden State has taken it to a new level, but it wasn't because they wanted to worse than anybody. They just did it better. I understand what you're saying, but we're going to find out real fast if that's even sustainable over a five, oh, six-year period. We well, so, but my point is, is that they're pushing everybody's hands now. Like, you know, if you're a 26-year-old player, like I think AD's 26 too. 25. Right? 25. But anyway, that's three of your prime years if you're having to play a squad like that. And the you know against you know having to meet Golden State in the uh, Western Conference Finals or the Finals, you're having to play. They're all five potentially potentially all stars on the starting I, I, I five, got you. and you got guys like Iguodala coming off the bench like that would start for any other team in the league. He comes off the bench and gives you solid minutes. And um, th- there's other players too, but th- I think it's forcing it. This is kind of an interesting time where. If you're looking to add a ring to your legacy, you got to make moves. And of all these guys do. are doing. Well, and some of the teams, I, I mean, there is a conscious decision being made in some NBA cities where they're like, we're going on full-on tank mode and go the route of the Philadelphia 76ers. Like the Cavs again? Well, here's the problem. Just okay? think about There's it. There's only the- one LeBron James. And no team, no team in the NBA has ever tanked purposely and in the near term following that tank, 
won a championship. It's never, ever, 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 ever happened. The only team that I can think of, there's two teams, I take it back, in the modern era of sports that I can think about that have tanked and gotten a championship as a result of that tank. And you maybe you can add one or two. The two that I can think of are the Houston Astros and the Kansas City Royals. And here's the thing about those two. The Kansas City Royals didn't tank on purpose. The Kansas City Royals were just bad for a very, 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 very long time. I'm putting you on the The Royals base. were bad for 25 years and finally just happened to hit on enough picks Chris, you missed the, the biggest one. Who? Astros is really good. Who's the but other one? When Theo signed with the Cubs, they outright said they tanked, and he got rid of everybody and cleaned house. The Cubs. Okay, I'm just no, letting you. I'm letting about. you know, when guys. Theo Epstein took over. They didn't tank. Yes, they did. No, they did not. Yes, Look at the did. record since Theo's been there. They got rid of Alfonso Soriano. They got, they got rid of everybody. They cleaned house and. Built up their farm system and, and tank to get. Hey, all do y'all hear prospects. that? Do y'all hear this? It's the baseball we're, clock we're, we're ticking. About to, we're about to get at this. I want to know what the all record. Right, I'll look it up. What the Cubs is? The Astros, you for talk. a matter of years, tanked year after year after year after year, and they stockpiled talent. They drew. They rode that to a, a World Series championship. Philly, trust the process. And last year we were we were like it worked. They about to be champs. We can see it coming, and now they're like the fifth best team in the East. I think the only teams that it, I, I'll just stick to the NBA for just one second. Sure. No, no, no. I'm, Cleveland is a perfect example of a team that, like uh, a market that can tank, right? They can tank and because, not want to tank. They, but, they're not but, trying to tank. But my right point now. is that you, if you tank and you get LeBron James, or if you tank and maybe this year you get Zion Williamson, people are. Buying all his gear, showing up for these games. I, I, I don't know the stat, but when LeBron James, his presence affected the entire Cleveland economy. Dude, having him. Now, if you try that with the Lakers, that ain't working. No, like, God, no. But God, you, no, you no. LA like a, fans, they already don't give a damn about anything. Right. You give them a bad product, they're not going to show up. The Rams can't draw a crowd right now, and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, up through week thirteen or fourteen of the regular season, you're watching games and be like, uh, "Is this even a home game?" LA fan ain't gonna play that that tank stuff. And I'll say to you that the Cavaliers, up to the LeBron signing, I I don't believe that there was anybody in that building who was like, "We are consciously gonna be bad." They just sucked. They were horrible. True. No, no, I got you. But I think... And LeBron brought with him, not just him, but in that same period, they drafted Andrew Wiggins and then were able to flip him for Kevin Love. So he all of a sudden went from a team with just Kyrie. <laughs> and then and, LeBron's... And remember, who was the kid that they drafted out of uh, Vegas? Bennett. He was okay. a Canadian kid. They took him out of Vegas with the number one overall pick. He was in the league for like a year and a half and gone. Had LeBron not come back, we'd still be talking about how bad Cleveland blew. You that know what pick. Cle- Cleveland's thinking about right now is drafting Zion number one. Phoenix is really fighting hard for that not to happen. The Knicks are fighting but, harder than anybody, bro. But what I'm gonna say is that that's not a bad process. You you draft LeBron. Check it out. You're Cleveland. You got nothing going for you at that time anyway. You draft LeBron. 
He like sells tickets. He's the best thing since sliced bread. He leaves you. And that vacuum sucks you all the way down the toilet hole to getting Kyrie Irving with a top draft pick. Do the same thing with Zion Williamson. Like draft him, sell a bunch of jerseys, pack the house, and then he go he goes, Oh God. After about three years, Zion's like, Oh God, it sucks here. And then <laughs> then repeat. And then maybe get Zion here's to come the, back and like the win a championship. Though, is the way that the NBA has then get rid of him when he's old. <laughs> now, you know, the NBA's changed their lottery process. Okay. And no longer does the worst team in the league have the highest chance to get the number okay, one. Okay, I hadn't heard now, this. Now the bottom four teams all have equal odds at getting that first pick. So the last place team in the league only has a 16% chance of getting the first pick, as do everybody that's around them. Now, here's the issue, and this is what it took people in the NBA a long time to figure out, is that in any particular draft, in any year, there's one or two possibly guys that that can turn a franchise around. Sometimes that's the number one overall pick. Sometimes it's not. Ask Charlotte if they'd like to have the Anthony Davis draft over. (laughs) Because I bet Michael Kidd Gilchrist wouldn't be their selection. And Charlotte is still dead in the water. Had they taken Anthony Davis, just think of the trajectory of that franchise. You can't miss on these guys. But the thing is, is being at number one or being at number two or being at number three is no assurance you're getting the right guy. I think the number eight or number ninth team in the standings, both Western and Eastern Conference finals um, standings, should get in a top four pick. I Because you're at least trying. Oh, like, no, that's I my think problem. they ought to take every team in the lottery and give them one ticket, just like they did back in the day. And you know what? If you make the playoffs, give them some sort of bonus for making the playoffs. And not, not cash, but incentivize being in the playoffs. But everybody that misses the playoffs has an equal chance. <coughs> that's, what I, that's what I say to do with it. The other thing, too, that the NBA's got to cut out is this protected pick thing. You know, well, this they're, they're going to convey a second-round pick, but it's pro, it's protected from number 34 to number 47. So if it's – shut up. Is that your nerd voice? Yeah, it is, absolutely. Can you Was do it, it some more? Yeah, absolutely. Do but it right now. Every every pick that gets traded in this day and age is a <laughs> protected like a pick of some sort. I'll continue in a normal voice on the other side. <laughs> You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. 
I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now... From Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, I got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. All right, welcome back from the Chief Seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. We will get around to the Super Bowl at some point. Talking, Brandon, I want you to, to relay that thought you just hit me with 30 seconds ago. I think I just said I'm a big LeBron fan, right? You know, yes. everybody knows this about me. Um, I think that if he doesn't get anybody to play with him in the next year or so, it is. I have to admit that it's an indictment of players not wanting uh, close to his level, not wanting to play with him. Of course, if you have if you have role players that can get like Tristan Thompson get this blowout contract, of course you're like. Speeding at 150 miles per hour right to his facility. But if he can't get – with the setup that he's got, in the, it's a Lakers uniform. If you can't get players to play with you, then, yeah, you might be hard to play for. I can't deny that. So Well, here's the, here's the thing that I'll say about LeBron. There's been speculation. Well, what and Trent, you asked the question off the air. Well, do you think AD and LeBron could play together? Honestly, probably – because AD is that good, AD can fit in anybody's system. He can do anything. In theory, LeBron and Anthony Davis could be the best pick and roll combination ever. And I don't, I'm not overstating that. They could run the kick pick and roll better than Stockton and Malone did, and that's sort of the, the you know, the the creme of the creme that, that Trent likes to say. When you talk about the pick and roll, whether or not in practice it's as good as we think it might be, who knows? What my concern would be, and it's not really that big a deal because I don't think it would happen, is it's not out of the realm of possibility that AD could become less than a megastar because he stands around watching Chris Bosh. He'll become Chris Bosh. And, and bot, that's funny. No that way. No, Dude, no, when no, Chris no Bosch, way. When Chris Bosh was in Toronto, he was the he was best an MVP man in basketball. He was so good. And then he went and teamed up with him, and he disappeared. He did. I'm a three-point shooter all of a sudden. Now, I, I don't mean, think that would happen. Some people might think Dwayne Wade's shots had something to do with that. It's not like of course they he did. was there by himself. And I'll say this. LeBron James can play with anybody. You know, it's. I think his – Brandon, it's it not a matter of whether me, LeBron. Hold on, I want to. I want to. I want to piggyback can I, can and, I and compound exactly what you're saying. You're absolutely right. 
LeBron can play with anybody. The question is whether people can play with LeBron. Okay, I get you. Look, Michael Jordan never had a dominant center the entire time he played in the league. You know, the entire time. And it's because he needs that space to cut up through the zone. You you need to clear out and let me do my thing and be able to dish if I get in trouble. LeBron, LeBron I can see him like going, I can coast and drop it down to you in the post to AD all year long. And then maybe turn it on in the playoffs? Hell yeah. I I'm agree with that. you 100% that that is, that is actually probably what would happen in my, in my mind. Is that LeBron would look at it and be like, dude, I can play 35 minutes a night. If I'm gassed and we've been pushing, I can go stand in the corner and let AD go to work. I think that's what would happen. But I'm not going to tell somebody that says otherwise, you're completely wrong. Because what you just said about Jordan is interesting. Jordan nor LeBron, neither one of these guys, has played with a center that was dominant except for LeBron with Chris Bosh. Now, Bosh may be the wrong example because it may not have been LeBron's fault that Bosh turned into a doggone three-point shooter. It may be that it was, hey, between LeBron and Wade with the shots they have to get, collectively, there's not any room for us to pump it down into the post to Bosh. Jordan... Dude, Jordan didn't play with anybody that was any good as far as centers. Bill Cartwright, Luke Longley, Will Purdue, Stacey King, Scott Williams. Dude, these guys didn't do anything anyplace else either. And the Bulls actively sought anybody that could play center. Remember, Charles Oakley was traded for Bill freaking Cartwright. That's how desperate they were. And Oakley, as good as he was with the Knicks, was better with the Bulls. When all he he was Dennis Rodman before Dennis Rodman was a thing, right? So Oakley was a premium player in the NBA. They gave him up because they're like, we have got to find a space eater in the middle that Jordan can play with. And Cartwright, you know, was all right. I I think back to my original point, um, LeBron can play with anybody. AD would be better served. I think it comes down to is like if you're a star in this league. You're basically running the city, right, that you're in. Do you want two coaches? Do you want Luke Walton and both LeBron James? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I like really enjoy watching the footage of, like, Walton has been completely clipped of any pot- well, the, any potential power. What do you think the odds of, of Luke Walton being – I'm going to ask you two things. First of all, what are the odds that he finishes the season? As the Lakers head coach. Right. And then what are the odds that he's actually there after one day after this season ends? I think if Luke will stay, if they can get some players for this season. Okay. So but you think it's likely that he finishes this season? I think it's likely that if they get players, they'll finish 50, the season. 50. That he well, finishes I, the but, season. But after the season, no. Uh, I think LeBron, once they get somebody in. Now, if you get a big enough personality, like, I don't know. I don't – AD's so quiet in that Pelican market, you don't hear him talk. You know what I mean? If he's got a big personality and goes, nah, I like Luke, I mean, that might change things. But uh, my but my money would be that he finishes this year and then he's gone next year. Okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with you on that one. I, I do think it's a little bit better than 50-50 because I don't know if there's any benefit – at this point, to bring in somebody in on the fly. Um, what's Teron Lou doing right now? 
Saul over to Luminum. No, we he's did still, say before we, we did say a long corner. time ago <laughs> that the next Lakers coach is already in the building. Kurt Rambis was brought in as you know whatever advisor to be. So the you coach can make that move right now, and Kurt you might as well sit down. I, Luke Walton, he's done. LeBron's already got his people floating it out there that he doesn't want Luke Walton there, which I think that's wrong too, man. I, you that's know what? Just sad. If you, it, it's easy for me to say it's messed up. But if you got that kind of clout, what good is having that clout if you don't use it? You know, right. so I can't hate LeBron for that. The thing with LeBron is, 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 is if this was something new, you'd be like, man, Luke Walton and he must be messed up. But no, this he's a coach killer. He always has been. The thing about it is, if you go, if I was a coach, I would never take a job in L.A. Pat Riley was the last coach that ever had any real Phil Jackson, bro. Yeah, but come on, but dude. You don't think Kobe ran that? Of son? course he did. Like, come on, that but was Jordan that was ran Shaq's in, team, that, dude. Who was Phil Jackson before the Bulls hired him to be their coach? I mean, he was an assistant for Doug Collins. He was nobody. They hired him because Jordan was like, "That's the guy I want." Maybe the better comparison is is that you don't want to go to a big market team like I don't know New York, L.A. past the '80s because these players run the league now. They run the team and. You know, feel like it with his Zen coaching and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty easy to do when you got Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, but man. on the other side of it, the other alternative is to go to a small market where you just have to hope to catch lightning in a bottle. I mean, a team like New Orleans. New Orleans missed their window. They went all in a couple years ago to trade for Boogie Cousins. Gave up a lot to get Boogie. And then at the end of that, we're like, eh, we're going to let him walk. And got nothing out of that. So they gave up Buddy Heald and a couple of ones for nothing. And that looks really, really stupid because have you seen Boogie play already? Well, the question with this them. Dude not only is playing at a high level, but can you imagine trying to like mesh into that star power? My my belief has always been through this Boogie Cousins thing that AD didn't want him there. And, and I may be wrong, and maybe it was completely the opposite, and that's why AD's like, man, I told you all I want to play with Boogie, but I've never gotten the impression from AD. And he doesn't talk a lot, and he's not going to give you a whole lot of insight. He's not a candid guy. I have always felt like that was what AD wanted, but maybe he didn't. I don't know. What I do know is that nothing the Pelicans have done has worked. Yeah, They have been we, – we talked about it last year coming into the playoffs. New Orleans is the enigma – in the of the teams that are on the periphery of the playoffs, because wings grow on trees, yeah, man. and New Orleans couldn't find a wing scorer for anything, and we're like, how how is this even possible? Six 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 seven guys that can go get you twenty a night. That's the easiest thing in the NBA to find, and they couldn't get one. Every time they bring somebody in, they wind up with a hurt. Now they lucked up in the in the uh, uh, Miritich deal. Last year, and I thought, well, maybe New Orleans is going to make a move. The problem is, is that everybody above them took even bigger steps. Yeah. And they can't keep up. And now, if AD leaves, they've got to get this right. Because if they don't, it may well be the end of basketball in New Orleans for real. And I don't know if Trent was joking or not when he said, well, they're going to move to Seattle. But this legitimately... I don't mean to overstate this. This could be the death of the Pelicans franchise because if they couldn't draw a crowd, like you said, with AD, if they don't get something that is of immediate value that can prop that franchise up and they and their record slips and they become a lottery team again, 
Bro, people are moving on. I get it, but I would say if I was in New Orleans situation, I would go pick heavy. No. Otherwise, you get these players <laughs> that left LeBron James gets hurt. They're in the four spot. You get this team of players in New Orleans who fans are not even coming to watch the games right now, and you get that team all automatically put into New Orleans. Oh, my God, what a disaster. I would rather get picks mm-hmm. and, like, build up from the bottom. That's why I was saying that. Maybe you, you take a Kyrie, even though he'd leave, but you steal all those picks that they okay, got. Well, They're talking all, about going all, all the way to spend heart. an entire show talking about those Boston picks because those Boston picks <coughs> are fool's gold. They're protected picks across the board. The the Clippers pick being trying to get better every No, they year. don't. The Clippers pick is lottery protected for the next two years. If it's a lottery pick in each of the next two years, it becomes a pair of twos. That doggone um is it the Memphis pick, I think is is one through eight protected. Those picks don't just continue to get better. Boston, though, even though I say that, Boston of the teams that's out there is among the better ones. If you're going to go pick heavy, there's only two teams you can do business with. One is Boston because they have such a high volume of picks, some of which may be really good picks. The other is the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks are holding what may be the first pick in the draft. AD hadn't drawn a crowd down there in New Orleans. The only guy not playing professional basketball right now that I can think of that would be a better draw than him is Zion Williamson. And that's if, why they're moving to Seattle, because Zion is going to be the face of the franchise going to Seattle. Okay, so what you just said doesn't Boom. make any sense, but whatever. <laughs> so but my but, thing but, is, is I'm you're saying – I'm pulling for you, but, pulling but, for you but, but Brandon, you're saying go, go – well, uh, you go pick heavy. Okay, so if you take the next – and this is no, – I mean, the, the price tag for Jimmy Butler was four number ones that they didn't even take from Houston. Let's say it's Houston or it's L.A., and you take four number ones. Both those teams have control of all their first-round picks, LA so they can trade four, four of them. Ones. Four picks over seven years. The Lakers, with Anthony Davis, are one of the best five teams in basketball, which means that you're at, like, 25 or 26 Bro, 25 or 26 gets you guys like Robert Williams that the Celtics took this year. And people are like, oh, that's an inspired pick. Dude, do you see how high he jumps? He's a, a good player. God, he's been half. He, he's played 11 games for the Celtics and is down in the G League. Good. Hey, not. guys, we said there's only one or two players in each one of these drafts, maybe three or four in a great draft, who can turn a franchise around. You've got to go get somebody at the top. And if you're dealing with the Lakers – and the and the Rockets and teams like this, bro, your your picks are useless. You might as well just go ahead and wait and sign un, undrafted free agents for next to nothing. I'm not going to argue with you. I think if you're going to go the pick route, now's the time. If you get Zion Williamson, who like defers to, he seems like a different cat. You know, like Kobe Bryant wouldn't want to play for Charlotte. He could go there. And settle in at New Orleans and be there for a long time. So All the right. picks work for me. Maybe. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed 
completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Oh my God, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Brandon's trying to talk me into trading for Zubach. Dude, this no, guy. But I'm on, I'm on Brandon's side on this. Why would you just watch? Why do you want the Lakers' assets? They've been by themselves, and they've gone from the fifth seed to out of the playoffs. Who wants to go trade your best player in the league for a bunch of people that suck? Upside. There is no upside. Dude, they all right, suck. All right, here, here we go. All right, Kyle Kuzma, three and Ds. Three and Ds have value. Kuzma... Still has upside left. He's a good 3 and D now. He could, his ceiling could be a guy like Klay Thompson. I don't think it is. But he is a piece that every team needs. And frankly, New Orleans doesn't have anything like a 3 and D. If they had a couple of them, they might have been playing in the Western Conference Finals the last couple of years. I'd rather get into tank mode. And for what, Trent? To take Zion. They can't. They couldn't possibly lose enough games right now to have any conceivable shot. At Zion Williamson, it's a it's a mathematical impossibility. I wouldn't Phoenix, take. I wouldn't the take Knicks, the Lakers. They're all far too they're, far ahead of them. And even if New Orleans finished the season with the with with the worst record in basketball, they have a sixteen percent chance of getting the first pick in the draft. If they don't, they're getting an R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Barrett's a very nice player. Barrett is not a foundational transformational talent. Zion Williamson may be. This generation's LeBron James. It may work out that way. He may be Michael Jordan. But I guarantee you that there's not two or three transformational players in this draft. Yeah. So if you knew you could get Zion, that's one thing. And here's the other piece of this, is that New Orleans may step back and say, you know what? Screw the Celtics. Screw the Lakers. Screw the Rockets. Screw the, the Knicks. We ain't doing anything until we know who has the number one pick, and then we're going to go make that deal. Sounds great, right? Huh. How interested are the Knicks going to be in trading for AD and his max contract if they've got the lottery ticket that's Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson could be the biggest star in the sporting world if he went to New York. So you're taking a chance. What happens if Phoenix gets that pick? Does Phoenix why would Phoenix want to trade for AD when they've got DeAndre Ayton? Mm-hmm. So New Orleans is in a tough spot. But oh, no, it may be that about they're it. like, you know what, we're just going to step back. We're going to figure out who's got the number one, and then we're going to figure out how to parlay Anthony Davis into that. Good luck. Because Zion Williamson, as good as AD is, 
nobody's ever going to accuse Anthony Davis of being as good as LeBron James, are they? Probably not. No. We're in a day and age where bigs cannot be as impactful as wing It's players. not their fault. It's kind of like the running it's back not their fault. in the NFL. Like, you're not going to be the best player on your team just because the way the league's set up. You know what I mean? It's always going to be the quarterback. It, it, it's not even – running back's probably a bad a bad correlation. It's um, oh, oh, thanks. No, no, no. no thanks for, I'm going to help you because your point was right. But you, <laughs> I, I mean, you look at it, but you say – we talk about – we we have said this. The Rams, Todd Gurley's best team player on team. You know, he's better than Jared Goff. But what about uh, safety? I mean, we see this. Earl Thomas out in Seattle, probably the best player on that team for the last 10 years, right. couldn't get paid, couldn't get any love – because he plays safety. The best center in basketball in this day and age is not going to be as good as the best small forward or shooting guard. It's just not going to be. Or even just, point guard, probably. I think a lot of it. I think Anthony Davis with the right team, he could be like, he could be in that conversation. Okay. LeBron James is at worst the second best player in the history of the league. Okay. Okay. Anthony Davis, at this point, has shown us what he is. I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's a very, very, very good player. I would say definitely top 10 in the league, perhaps top five. That's not LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant territory. Zion Williamson may or may not live up to his upside. If he lives up to his upside, he is the type guy that could be in that conversation with Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Oscar Robertson, fill in the blank. If I've got a chance to take that kid at 19 years old on a relatively cheap salary for the next four or five years versus paying Anthony Davis a supermax, and he's already got all this all these years on him, and he's got a little bit of an injury history, and he plays probably the least valuable position on the floor. I'm taking Zion every day of the week. Yeah. So that my point is is that New Orleans could step back and say, you know what, we're gonna wait and see where the number where that lottery pick for that lottery ticket falls, and we're gonna try to make that work. But I think if I'm a GM and I have Zion Williamson in this hand, and the and the possibility of trading away a whole bunch of mess to get AD. I'm taking Zion Williamson. If you had the option, if you were the GM of any team in the league, and you had the option between the – in fact, here, I'll, I'll give it to you. Magic Johnson called you yesterday and said, hey, we need you to come out here and run that franchise. And you're able to fall up into the number one pick, and you have a chance to take Zion Williamson. And it comes down to I can either hold on to Zion Williamson and take him, or I can trade that number one pick for Anthony Davis. Which one would you do? I'm gonna take Zion all day long. Boom. Well, the point, the the thing about it is, is that the way ESPN pumps this dude, he's good. He's the truth. He's clearly the number one pick in the draft. You're, but you, if you don't make that move, you look like an idiot to the rest of the league. Everybody who watches ESPN, man. I mean, it's like, can you imagine? Like last year, they made Trey Young a superstar, like ESPN did, and he's not playing awful. But I mean, he still only averages sixteen points per game on a horrible team. He's garbage. He's, he's still, garbage, and he's still he's one of the garbage. worst three-point shooters in the league. And it's funny because but, I don't know that I don't have the numbers in front of me. But last night, 
I was I don't know night or two ago whenever I was watching Duke and he he's shooting twenty seven percent I think from three and they're like oh, he's got to develop that shot you know, finishes off his game last <laughs> I checked Trey Young was shooting. 27% from the field. He averages. Or from three-point land. He's all they got, and he averages 16 points and seven assists a game at point guard. But, hey, go back to your question. I'd say Magic, man, I really – it's a good look. I've met Magic Johnson before. Have by you the really? Way. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, we had – when I was on the housing authority, we went out there, and he spoke at the event that we were there. Oh, so I met him cool. kind of like, hey, Magic. <laughs> what up, Magic? Hey, Magic. But – um. The thing about it is is that I would say no, but I did get a call from the GM who's got the second pick, and I'll take that second. I'd, I'd rather draft as a GM second pick because it's one pick or nothing. My point is is that your leg- legacy as a GM oh, rides on the this number catch. one, you better hit. You had better hit yes. Zion. So my point would be like, you know, if I'm just thinking about my career – I might like go and try to find me a Luca or something like that because that dude's balling right <laughs> Luca's now. Luca's got. In fact, I need to. I need to offer up an apology. Me too. I, I think we all need to apologize so that so that our our listener base knows <clears throat> what my apology looks like. Oh yeah. I actually ordered and received, and I will be rocking it soon. Uh, a Luka Doncic jersey. I got the old FC Barcelona. Is it Barcelona you play for? Yes. Yeah, I got the European jersey. It's dope. Uh, probably a knockoff. I don't know. But anyway, I got it. Matter. I found it. And I sent you guys a picture to tell you all I was wrong. Kid can play. Kid can absolutely play. Now, now be interested to see because I think he may have some James Harden in him where his game doesn't translate to postseason ball. When we're playing real defense, and you have to be a better athlete. But I'm not taking anything away from him. that kid. Is good. Well, and good, 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 good. Now, hey. here's a, now, now here's a, here's the other question too, though. And this this just popped into my head. Mark Cuban is the eternal optimist and believer in himself. Right. Dennis Smith has still got some trade value. All right. I was about to m- mention something about Dennis, but go ahead. Dennis Smith and DeAndre Jordan and some picks for AD. Cuban, I'm sure, thinks if he can get AD in the building, he could talk him into staying. Right. That's how his mind works. And, you know, frankly, if I had one owner in all of pro sports that I wanted to work for, probably be Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is, for, for all of his warts, dude, he's a financial genius. Um, that just popped into my head. And, and you know what? It's not a half bad idea. Thoughts? Uh, I've been watching a lot more NBA these days. Uh-huh. I like their chemistry. I'd like to see that you play. Like Dallas's? I like those two players. Oh, gotcha. Okay, Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. You like it? Yeah, they're starting to starting to click a little okay. bit. Okay. Right. Now their record. If you had to guess whose record's better, them or Pelicans? Who would you guess? Mm, Pelicans are ahead of them, I'm sure. They're even. They oh, are they? Well, that's a trick apiece. question. That's but my point is that they're still sucky enough that they could get another piece in the draft. I think this year's going to be pre- fairly good. But, um, yeah, you could – there's a, a bunch of teams that could put something – I do like – I'm going to call him Luca because I don't know if whether to call him Donkic or Donchich. I'm just going to call him Donkey. 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 Are we there yet? Um, <laughs> I just like his style, too, dude. He came in the league, and he's, like, flexing on people. Yeah, he's, he ain't. 
I was wrong. I was wrong. The pundits were right on this one. But Trey Young still sucks. He does. Bad. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. I guess I gotta give a shout out. I've been I've been informed that at the new Golden Tea Machine at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Sanford, North Carolina, BCA has the longest putt on record thus far. How 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 far did you, did you sink that from? Uh, that was my brother Baron. So no it's way. Not me. Is yeah. this BCA as well? He took BCA for Golden Tea. Is his middle initial not C? Yeah. It's oh, okay. So y'all are both BCA. All three of their um, uh, all up. of the siblings except yep. for my sister. BCA. No, we should just give her a B name, a B name too. Bernita. <laughs> 35 feet is the record right now at Buffalo Wild Wings. I was thinking it was like an 80 footer or something. Yeah, I'm going to get Maybe I'm tonight. Get yeah. I'm gonna get Next it. week, I'll be there. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to make Brandon's uh, handle so you're, you're, is uh, you're like, FAQ. You're wilding out next week, right? Next week's a wild out week? He's FAQ. What's that? Next week's a wild out week? What do you mean wild you out? You can get, like do whatever you want. No, I think uh, that's. I just don't have week. the kids. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Oh. I wouldn't go. Well, put you're you making out. me I sound put like your some, out there. You're making me sound like some jet setter, dude. I'm mostly a hermit these days. Oh, well, see, no, we need to make a date. We need to go out there, have some wings, and and play some golden tea next week. Dude, I've got, with I've that got, beard, you look like a hermit these days. I can't. Uh, oh, thanks. I got, <laughs> Appreciate I got, it. I got four tests in the next two days, so I'm like supremely focused. But next week, it's on and popping. Um, I will be on hand, libations on Chatham Street, 6.30 Thursday. This Thursday, your category, flowers. Flowers. How do you like that? Flowers. Uh, So the music, the sports, everything else will have something to do with flowers. Oh, sure, man. People, you know, plenty of Derek Rose will probably be, you know. Lame. Yeah. I can figure figure out five sports questions to have. Got to make some music in the White Sox. Uh, His last name's Flowers. Oh, well, that's right. That's right. That's right. Speaking of baseball, man, when are the Reds going to go ahead and trade for JT Real Muto? Uh, getting close. Yeah. It was on TV all day that they were very close. Well, if it's, if it's only going to take Jonathan India, who was the fifth pick of the draft out of Florida last year, they need to go ahead and make that move. Um, big ear news. Bryce Harper is all but done, and they're waiting. Could happen any minute. 
to Philadelphia. Ah, great. Yeah. He'll hit a thousand home runs there in that little band box. People talk about Great American Ballpark all the time and give it trash. Or they trash it because it's so small. They forget how small it is in Philly. It'll be the largest free agent signing in so, the history of the Phillies. So, what, right, so what, I'll what, throw you guys a bone okay, here, like a baseball bone. The unanimous vote for Mariana. Yes. We Zinger. talked about it last week. You obviously didn't listen to the show. All right, so I didn't listen to the show. I just a real quick question, condensed version. King Griffey Jr., man. He sh- should have been here last week, huh? All right, so you already <laughs> – he should have been unanimous too, right? He should have, and, and I'm not disappointed for for Mariano Rivera because anybody that voted against him should have had their vote taken away. But for him to be the guy that broke the seal is that hurts because yeah. you've had guys that have come through, and we we kind of cataloged the the highest vote getters. Griffey being the the number one at 99.3. Anybody that voted against Griffey. Is ridiculous. And that's like one person that voted against yeah, him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then you've got, you know, Tom Seaver. <laughs> how, how could you possibly not? Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. How Come did on, Nolan man. Ryan get 96% of the vote? I, it doesn't make any 96. sense. What? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But Mariano Rivera, I'm glad that the seal has been broken so we can stop playing this stupid little game that the baseball writers do. Um, and the one knock that I thought might keep him from being – Unanimous is that a lot of guys are like, hey, he's a relief pitcher. You know, they only pitch, you know, X number of innings a game, but or, or a year. But the issue is you've got he... guys like Lee Smith that are in the Hall of Fame. If Lee Smith's in there, come on, man. But didn't he come right ahead from the super specialized though? Like, I mean, he put in work. He wasn't super specialized. Right? Oh, yeah. no, he yeah, was. He absolutely was. Okay. Yeah. In fact, he like, started he... as the he started as a setup man. In New York, as in his first two years, I think. Who was yeah, the but he was then? like the OG of specialized. No, not true. Not true. The, the guys were specialists before that. He was the guy that came Dennis in. Erickson. Now, what he where he was a specialist is that when he came up, he was the setup man. So he pitched yeah. the eighth, and that was kind of the first time. Not the first time, but that was on the front side of us seeing that. But there were still there were already plenty of ninth inning closers when Rivera came around. The thing is, Rivera, but I mean, was so I guess, much better for so much longer than any other reliever we've ever seen. He, there is no other standard to measure him by. This is where I'm going to sound stupid again. John Wetland, yes, but, Wetland. Wetland was a closer, and Rivera was the setup. But my thing is, is that nowadays, good call. They put, you know, you got, you may have a pitcher coming in on the. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth, mm, that's the seventh, pretty much the eighth. reserved for that's pretty but, much reserved for playoff baseball. But still, like I thought, Maria, um, I thought Rivera like kind of came in from the ridiculousness of the uh, specialized pitcher. But that's the extent of my baseball knowledge, right there. No, I mean, by the time Rivera came, the ninth inning was reserved for the closers. You had dedicated closers. Now you'd have to back up probably. Ten years before that, to see the multi-inning pitchers that were getting out there, the Sparky Lyles and and guys like that that were pitching multi-innings. But by the time Rivera hit the scene, it was pretty commonplace for teams to have a dedicated ninth-inning closer. And like I said, he came up with those Yankees teams that were really good when he got there. And Wetland was the closer, I think, the first two seasons. But yeah, he sure. pitched 70 to 73 innings as the setup guy for Wetland the first yeah. two years Yeah, and in 96. And, and then 97. when he took over as the closer, I mean, they're, they're really 
there he is the gold standard. There is nobody in terms of longevity and success that's even in the same stratosphere. I mean, close. you look at a guy that was around forever that was good, like say Trevor Hoffman. But come on, man, Hoffman's not even in that class. And then there's guys like Lee Smith and John Franco and, and cats like that. I they're, mean, they're he may even. have in the regular season gave up a run. Yeah. Like, it was just disgusting. And I think And that's his, why in the World Series when he gave up that in, to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Which was garbage. It was catastrophe, like I unbelievable. Say, I want to say his postseason ERA was like .7. And I think that it was like the first time he ever gave up a run in the postseason. Yeah. Was in and the World Series blue, to lose the know, game. It was on a little blooper a little to blooper. lose the game. But, yeah, Rivera deserved to be in unanimously. It does hurt my soul a little bit that, that Griffey wasn't. But now that we've cracked this seal, now we can get on with it, and then the voters don't have to be scared. In fact, they may be, honestly, more compelled to put somebody else in unanimously to kind of trump that as we move forward. Because they're like, well, we're Rivera. But when you've got some of these guys coming down the pipe that are eligible, there's going to be somebody I'm surprised. Now that we've uh, transcended the the steroid era. I'm surprised a beanhead from Boston didn't say, screw that, I ain't making – Rivera unanimous. I mean, I'm never surprised by anything the baseball writers do. And it is like we talked about last week. It's New York driven. So if there was going to be a guy that was going to be the first, it was more than likely going to be a Yankee. Um, Jeter is coming up here in a year or two. I mean, I personally – Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think he's first ballot. I'm glad, to be honest, I'm glad that he's not the guy that gets to be the first unanimous because Jeter – if you take Jeter and you put Jeter in San Diego or you put Jeter in Minnesota, I, how much better in his career was Derek Jeter than Paul Molitor? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a guy that really it, – it, it's funny because it was the, just the New York fans will be like, oh, you're just trying to pick at him. He was bad defensively. He, wasn't, he had no range at short in an era where he had awesome – well, Short dude. stops, and he was a you know he was a gap to gap doubles hitter at best. Well, if you if you took Brandon, if I gave you a list of ten players and just their stats, I bet I guarantee you ten out of ten times he would pick the other player, not Jeter. If you as if you, a Hall of his Famer, his season averages his season averages for sure. Now, to be fair, Jeter is one of those guys, and baseball rewards longevity. For, when you look and at career season. numbers, then it gets – and postseason's ridiculous. But it wasn't – here's the question. During the entire time that Jeter was there, how many times was Jeter the number one or number two offensive player on that team? He wasn't. Never. Well, see, from a play, you know somebody looking outside in to baseball because I only start really watching in October. So. You in most of America, frankly. But – you know, the thing about it is even his signature play, in my opinion, was kind of weak sauce. No, man. The, 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 the outlet, the, the throw the from flip, the outfield, the, the and the little flip, that seems like something I did when I was, like, 12. Well, like, and it, it just happened on a really big stage, and that's why Jeter gets so much pub. It's because it seemed like in the playoffs, every time it was kind of like – Time to do something. Jeter would do it, but there, during the course of the season, I agree. Like the numbers probably don't match up. But y'all can't. Y'all can do whatever you want to say. I just you're not going to convince me that that was an awesome play. It was like okay, and it was good for that time. But it's this little c- catch and flip. Come on, dude. I was doing that 
Back when I had Mac- Maxway here in town, I was playing for Maxway when I was hey, twelve. I was thing. doing that. If oh, who was it, Jason? Um, Giambi. Yeah, if Giambi slides, it doesn't matter. Right, I don't exactly. know what the hell Giambi was doing, but if he slides, he's safe and the A's go on to win. But he didn't, and it is one of those moments because it's something you never see. And there's the images of of you know Jeter being big in big moments and chasing him, you know, bloody in his face, diving into the into the stands for a foul ball and the rest of that. I'm not taking away from Jeter. I'm not a Jeter hater. What I'm saying is, is that Jeter had contemporaries and predecessors that were every bit as good as him. Frankly, Barry Larkin, who's in the Hall of Fame, Reds. if I had Larkin or Jeter, I'm taking Larkin every day. Frankly, of the week. hey, I didn't remember he played for the Reds. Growing up, Larkin, yeah, did not playing. remember. No, I did. Oh, okay, there you go. I didn't get no credit for that. Oh yeah, you get love. Frankly, okay. uh, there was a better, younger shortstop coming up at the same time as Jeter, and they wouldn't let him play Alex. shortstop. Rodriguez. Oh, I thought you were talking about Soriano. No, no Alex. Alex Rodriguez, think, when he started with the Mariners, yeah. was a killer. Well, his entire career, if you subtract the steroids from A-Rod, and you think about what – I'm just saying. If you subtract the steroids from A-Rod, and you look at A-Rod, and you look at their careers, they're not even in the same conversation. No. Well, you know what's interesting? A-Rod, even though he, even though he tips signs – you know, whatever, which is, uh, you know. He did the ball slap, too. Well, he, he tipped signs, but A-Rod was a superior defender. Dude, A-Rod did and the A-Rod ball slap. wasn't a top-shelf A-Rod did the, the A-Rod did the ball slap with Madonna and J-Lo, so F that. Derek Jeter's got nothing on A-Rod. I think the ball slap Jeter, I was referring Jeter, to Jeter did the ball Mariah slap with Carey. A-Rod. He wanted to do Nobody the ball slap. Nobody knows, though, so you tell me. Jeter, that's because the press Ooh. took care of him. Okay. The New York press took He is the last athlete I think that we're ever going to see that the media allowed to well, live in a Well, that's the bubble. problem. That's why I hate Derek Jeter is he is so squeaky clean yeah. and he gives you zero to hate about him. No, I'd, well, I'd, tell that to tell that to Marlins fans right now. Well, I'll say also, hey, that all you young people out there, if you're having a party at your house, you throw the cell phones in a the basket. Phones. Yeah, all the cell phones go in a basket or you got to go somewhere else, okay? Yeah. Well, He's super smart. But think and then it. when you do ball, ball slap, the next morning you get a lovely like gift basket for your like lovely uh, that's lady. That's the best part. But here's here's the thing is that Jeter came at the perfect time because even the New York media protecting him in this day and age, fast forward his career 15, 20 years into now, even the media running protection for him couldn't have saved him. Yeah. I mean, social media, oh, yeah, the no, people that he was out and about in the town with and all the rest of that. And that's how they, bad he was because he still media, got busted. <laughs> well, the New York media, I mean, they allowed him to live in a bubble. And there's he's not the only Joe DiMaggio. Well, I mean, Mickey Mantle, DiMaggio, Babe DiMaggio, Ruth, DiMaggio, all these guys. Oh, well, Mantle was a wild man. But DiMaggio, there are reports out there. Don't sue me <laughs> in the state. This is all alleged because I don't know. I wasn't there. Allegedly. But there has always been reports that he used to beat Marilyn Monroe when they were when they were married. Yeah. You never read about that in the press. Babe Ruth was wild. Mantle was wild. The New York media is taking care of those New York stars that they liked. But even now, I, I don't think it's possible. Not with social media. See you on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. Got another Bud Light. I was imprisoned Ooh. in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will solely for somebody's profit. 
Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Alright, welcome back. We're continuing to plow through here on From the Cheap Seats. We got off of basketball so that we could talk about the Super Bowl and ended up talking about baseball. Well, I got, I got one more thing I want to drop out. I'm going to hook y'all up. This right. is an early Christmas gift. One more baseball topic. As long as we spend five minutes on it and then we move to the Super Bowl. Alright, cool. So, I guess Roger Clemens and Bonds have two years left of eligibility. That sounds right. Yes. So, what does that do... Number one, this is a two-part question. Number one, what does that do when they don't get in? Because I have a feeling that, you know, Alex Rodriguez is already, like, basically lobbying. He's seeing how this is playing out for him in the future, potentially. And my second question is, because political views, is Kurt Schilling not going to get into the Hall of Fame? Schilling's going to get in. Schilling's going to get in. The problem Schilling has, as much as anything, is the New York bias. Yankees Yankees writers run the baseball writers of America. There's they have more credentials far and away than anybody else. Schilling has to get in. Um, the, the so that's just it. They're got just going to make him wait his time. They're going to play games with him. But you got Burt Blylevin in. Damn it, Kurt Schilling's going to be in. He'll get in before his ten years is up. The question about Bonds and Clemens, I don't think. They're going to get in. And I, I think it's a crime because those two guys, for better or for worse, played in – we call it the steroid era for a reason. It's what guys were doing. Yep. And the, 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 the issue I have with the Bonds thing is, well, he was, all, he was steroided up. Well, yeah, he was hitting against guys pitching to him that were steroided up. Yep. You know, if you go back to the 20s and 30s, those guys were on cocaine because it was legal. If you fast forward to the 60s and 70s, Pete Rose was one of the ones that said early on, if you played without being on amphetamines, people were like, what's wrong with you? Right. It is what it is. And I'm not speaking to the morality or the legality. It just is what it is. Those guys, when you look at their eras, they haven't taken their numbers out of the record books. Those guys were the dominant players of their era. If they don't get in, how can you rationalize putting A-Rod in? Because here's the and here's the other piece of it. And I don't know if this means anything to you or not. Bonds played the game, and whether he was on steroids or not, he played the game straight. Alex Rodriguez was notorious for trading signs with other teams. Right. So late in games that were not close, he would tip signs so that they would give him the signs back, and he knew what was coming so he could pad his stats. That's garbage. Yeah. And it, that's not me making it up. That's conf- I mean, there are scores of players who know that that happened. Come on, man. A-Rod, from a numbers standpoint, should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, and if that's – If, if Facebook was concerned about it, they should have done something about it while it was going on. You can't, after the fact, say, well, we let these guys play, but now we're, you know, we're going to pretend we didn't know. God. Well, I mean, if – if you're trying to grow a, a lot of – if you're trying to bring up a bunch of young fans mm-hmm. and they're one place – I mean, I know we have the internet now, but 
if you're one place to go to find baseball history, to leave these guys out is ridiculous. It's like trying to tell a story about Julius Caesar without including Brute. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like you're just leaving this whole other element or slice of the the whole story out of it just because I don't know. We got a bunch of nerdy. That another reason I don't like baseball: nerdy, self righteous writers that write for baseball. And you know, oh, I'm just not gonna. I mean, are we gonna take the? Are we gonna take the pitchers? Uh, the, they did not elect pitchers to the Hall of Fame that played during the dead ball era. Yeah. I mean, are they gonna take some of these guys away? I mean, in the last couple of years, we know the ball has been spun more tightly and is flying like it's never flown before. Are we going to hold that against these guys when they come up? Dude, it is what it is. It happened. If baseball wanted to take action, they had every opportunity to take action, and they elected not to. They need to vote these two guys in. Agreed. And then from here on out, I think the gold standard is first year. Agreed. More so than any other Hall of Fame in in, in MLB. Exactly. So if – all right, punish them by not – you don't put them in the first year. Okay, fine. Yeah. Put them in the second year and let's move on. Uh, I'm with you. We we agree 100 percent on that. Um, I, I I can't find fault with anything you just said. Okay, cool. So yes, I think that both should be in uh, Bonds in particular um, because there's no Bonds <laughs> failed a drug test. Everything, all of the 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 evidence against him is circumstantial, except that he's got the neck the size of a Dog. Rhinoceros. But anyway. I, you know what? I'm not the one to talk because I'll tell you that people – I've seen people and they're like, well, here's a picture of Barry Bonds when he came into the major leagues when he was 19 years old. And here's a picture of him at 37. Bro, if I showed you a picture of me at 19 years old, you wouldn't even recognize me. No, I hear you. I mean, I'm 70 pounds heavier than I was when I was 17 or 18 years old. And, I mean, that's just it. And I don't work out every day and eat with the intention of putting on muscle. <laughs> I get I'm it. like, I'm going to eat what makes me happy. And I'm a chill. I get it, but you're you didn't go from <coughs> line driving home runs to hitting them like 550 yards. But like I could have. I mean, I, and I mean that with all seriousness. Is that Barry Bonds? And and I'm not trying to pretend that he didn't do anything untoward. I'm really not. What my problem with the Bonds thing is is I think that everybody was doing. Yeah, it. I'm with you 100. And and some of them got caught. Some of them the media decided to focus on. Some didn't. But I think, by and large, everybody that was playing baseball at that time. Jeff Bagwell, come on, man. I mean, yeah. Bagwell went from being a punch and Judy guy, and now all of a sudden he, he walks out there and he's built like Hulk Hogan. Come on, guy. Luis Gonzalez. There, there were guys whose numbers jumped. Darren Dalton. I, it was what people were doing. Yeah. And to pretend that it was just the hitters and the pitchers were like, damn, I wish there was something I could take that would make me stronger. Yeah. Come on, man. I mean, we're being stupid. The the guy that's interesting to me that I'm waiting to see as time goes on because of that whole New York thing is Andy Pettit. Pettit was a was a steroid guy. And the one we talked about this last week, the one that everybody's going to ignore because they love him so much. The press loved him because he was so colorful, he was so cute, so nice. David Ortiz. Yeah. David Ortiz served a freaking suspension for steroids. But I guarantee David Ortiz gets in and probably is a first ballot guy because the media liked him. They don't like Bonds. They never did. True. Bonds was like, I don't need y'all. I'm good. And Bonds said dumb things like, 
World Series rings don't pay my bills. I know I don't know anybody that pays their rent with their World Series ring. People don't like Bonds. He's not a guy anybody wants to have a beer with. So the media is like, watch this. <laughs> David David Ortiz, big poppy, and you look at his career numbers, has no business being in. I guarantee Ortiz gets in, and we just pretend he didn't get busted for steroids. There you are. All right. Let's get off baseball. That was a long five minutes. It was. That's what happens, dog. All right, let's talk about Super Bowl. Who's going to win this bad boy? Rams. I got the Rams big, and the, the difference for me in this ballgame is Aaron Donald and Domicon Sue up the middle. I think they will get to Brady and ruffle him up, rough him up enough that they will throw him off his game. Brady is is the man. He's the GOAT. He's the best. He doesn't like people being around his legs. He doesn't like pressure in his face. Nope. And the Rams are the one team in the NFL who can create pressure up the middle with two players and cover with seven. I think that's the difference in the ball game. I think Gurley's healthy for this game, and I think there's enough weapons there for the Rams that they can put up some points. I am interested to see what Belichick's got in store for golf. Trent and I talked about this, and, and, and I don't know if we talked about it on the air or not, but if I were Belichick, and I don't pretend to you know, be anywhere near this dude's level, I think what he's going to do is he will he will structure the defense so that that defense does not show anything until late in the clock. You know, Sean McVay's already come out and said, "Well, I'm in you know golf's ear up to the 15 second point on the play clock." I wouldn't be surprised if New England stays basically huddled in the middle of the field. Oh, we talked about it. That should be the game plan 100 yeah. until about the 15 second mark, and then deploy the defense nothing. so that golf has to read it and not McVay. Yeah. What's your? What do you I'm with you, Brandon. You need to make this take. You well, tell us what's going to happen. Yeah, well, no, you I, football. We you you indulged us. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean I'm just saying that I'm um, Chris. Everything you said, I agree with 100. percent The rush up the middle. If you rush him from the corners, Donald goes through the middle. Dominican Sue. It's not a mistake that he had such a big game in the cha- championship game. This is what they're supposed to be doing, and I agree with you. Drew Brees has the same problem. You can't rush him unless it's up through the middle, non-blitz. You know, I think um, – I forget the stat. But I think it, I think in all the championship games that they've lost, the Super Bowls that they've lost, the number of blitzes went way through the, the, the floor. Like with the Giants and Philly, they just do not blitz you. You know what I mean? you got to take your normal, yeah. natural pass rush, and especially if it's, uh, if, if it's up the middle – Breeze and Brady does not like that. I think that we talked about beating the script. The first two offensive drives or whatever the case for both teams, I think whoever comes out on top after those two two first drives are going to win the game because you got to beat the script. My guess is that Patriots are going to run Sonny Michelle like to death to see what what kind of adjustments if they switch up the you know how they're trying to put pressure pressure on Brady or whatever the case may be. And if that's not effective, the Patriots are going to be in trouble. Same thing. I just think you got, what, two Georgia quarterback uh, running backs, Sonny Michelle and uh, Todd Gurley. Gurley. Yeah. I think they're going to tell the story. But, you know, you got to beat the script. you got to come out there and take the haymaker punch. If you make it and you're up by, I don't know, seven points after those first two drives for each team, that's going to tell the whole story. I do not see, like, uh, 
Patriots come back over the Falcons like we had a couple of years ago. I feel like whoever establishes the game on the front end is going to win. No, I don't think I don't think the Patriots can afford to let LA get out in front of them because they've got too many playmakers on defense. Somebody's going to make a splash play at some point. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this game turns into a track meet, but I just don't expect that. It, here's the the thing that kills me about. Tom Brady. The old adage with regard to preparing for for quarterbacks is zone a rookie, blitz a vet. Because if you give a veteran quarterback time to read a defense and find holes in the zone, he's going to. With rookies and young quarterbacks, you can give them enough looks, you can confuse them and fool them into throwing it into spaces they shouldn't be throwing them into. With Tom Brady – Generally speaking, like you just said, if you blitz Brady, he will kill you. Yep. He sees where the blitz is coming from and goes right into where it came from into space. I'll finish the thought on the other side. You listen to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome back. Final half hour from the Cheap Seats. Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and a... Uh, I don't know. What do we say to Brick? I miss you. <laughs> I miss you, Brick. Yeah, I think I think they're practicing on Tuesdays now. I think is what the problem is. I don't know. It seems like every time he went to go give that motivational talk to the Vikings, that he feels like he's above us. I know, and I'm still waiting. I want, I'm, dude. You know, I didn't say anything to him, but I just knew he was going to bring us back a signed Vikings helmet to put up here in studio, and it didn't happen, man. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I don't dude, prick, man. You know what was on this weekend? What was Tiger on? Woods? Where's freaking Kaplan? Yeah, right. Oh, Kaplan straight the, up disappeared. Kaplan's been gone for like six months. Yeah, and you know what? Every time I talk to him, he's like, oh, there's no golf going on. Yeah, well. Well, okay. guess what? Tiger Woods just played, homie. I know, dude. Dude, he finished like 40th or something. I know. I thought he was dead. I was getting concerned, and then he tried to sell okay. us more insurance. I, I got a little, little something I want to I want to dedicate to Dave Kaplan. Okay, for this? go for it. Come back to me. 
I'm begging you, please. Oh, wow. Okay. Come back to me. Do you need some backup singers? Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, Trent, let's go. Okay. Come back to to me. Begging you, please. Come back to me. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, baby. I've been popping since my demo. I need some more <laughs> branded golf balls. Dude, for real. I'm out. It's like, well, you know, golf golf tournament season is coming around the corner. And Kaplan is your source for branded balls. Because he, he, he commits to give balls to, like, every charity tournament in this city. Yeah. And then he ends up with a gazillion. And he's always, oh, I got some more in the trunk. Kaplan, well, look me up, brother. I yeah, miss yeah. your balls. <laughs> I need them branded in my bag. I don't know what just happened. That was kind of bizarre. Super Bowl. Tom Brady. Super Bowl. So, what I was saying, you can't blitz Tom Brady. And Brady, 90-plus dropbacks in the playoffs this year. How many times has he been sacked? Zero. Zero. Yeah, not not one sack. And the Chiefs, when you look at you know Chris Jones, who was on a historic tear at one point this year, uh, Justin Houston, D. Ford, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You have to put pressure on Brady. He is going to get you, and it sounds so easy. If Sue and Donald can get loose up the middle, and I think they can, you can't. It's hard to chip on those guys. The problem coming off the edge is you got the best blocking tight end in football on that team. You've got good, heady running backs on that football team that can chip. They can. Get, you can't get around the edges onto Brady because they can protect. If you're bringing that rush right up the middle, you can't get your tight end onto that tackle coming up through the middle. Okay, can I use the best yes. defense as the offense? Yes. Get on the field. Let's run that guy, Todd Gurley. McVay, don't screw this one up. You're, like, built to beat the Patriots. There's no other team that's built to beat them like them. They can rush up the middle like we've already established, and they have a running game. I think Teddy Bursky a couple of weeks ago was like talking about the KC matchup. He's like, they're going to sit back and see how long you don't run the ball. Don't get too cute with it. And what happened? Like, you know, you got Mahomes throwing it all over the yard. Next thing you know, you're about to get blown out. Like one basically accident. Oh, you're right about that. That that you you put 14 points on the on the on the board right there with all the momentum, and that game might have gotten out of hand. And a very fluky interception, horrible decision by Brady, made that game interesting because we all. I, I think it was Bricky was the first one to say, "I was about to turn this thing off." Yeah, um, yeah, he did say that. I would almost let. This sounds silly, but I'd almost let. The Patriots work a long drive, wear that offensive line off. Um, or I don't know. I mean, I, I, you got to wear them out one side of the ball or the other, and maybe both sides. But if you if you don't have the ball the first time, I make them work for every inch. I would not go blitz them. I wouldn't try to do the home one play, home run play. You got to be disciplined and make them work for everything. Look here and wear that squad out. Here's the thing. If you look at both sides of the football and you look at the premium talent on both sides of the ball, offense, defense, the Rams have superior talent all over the field with the exception of one position on the field. Bottom line is Brady cannot be the guy that beats you. 
You've got to get to Brady. If Gronk or Edelman or Michelle or White or whomever has a huge game and catches the ball, makes moves in space, gashes you, cool, let that happen. But if you want to sit back and let Brady beat you, he will be happy to oblige, and he will do that. I can't understand how professional football teams with good professional talent in two playoff games up to this point have not figured out uh, we can't let this 40-year-old dude stand back there and have time to throw the football. There is no defense you're going to concoct coverage-wise that is going to neutralize him. Right. Nobody's done it. 17 years. This guy's. This is the, the ninth Super Bowl. You, you're not going to beat him covering his receivers. He, they will get open. He will find holes. He will beat you, period. You have to put hands on him. That is the only hope that you have to beat Brady. Okay, Chris. That's what's up. That is what's up, and you're absolutely right. Can McVay tone it down? You know he is just dying. He's sitting in his man cave right now. No, he's there. So he's sitting in his hotel room, and he's watching that Philly Philly play over and over again. He's like, I want to do that right now. Nah. I want I want to do something super sexy like that. Put my stamp on this game. Can he be disciplined enough to like restrain himself from not doing something stupid? Because I feel like he might. I feel I like he. I didn't think he was until they beat Dallas. And his willingness to just run C.J. Anderson down Dallas's throat, and then turn right back around and do it the following week. Yeah, I think I think McVeigh has that kind of sense now. On this stage where he knows the entire universe is watching, yeah, it's entirely conceivable that he outsmarts himself and tries to be cute and be the guy so that everybody's like, oh, that offense, you know, looks look what Sean McVay did. I just don't think I've seen that in the last two weeks. We saw it for a couple weeks there during the regular season. We're like, what is this guy doing? Right. However, in the playoffs, they've stayed away from that. And the only real hiccup for them in the playoffs was the first half of that Saints game where they the crowd noise, it killed them. They're not going to face that thing. same thing in the Super Bowl. The nope. Super Bowl just isn't loud like that, and it's not going to be a factor. I do think that Belichick is going to come out there with some things, and they may slow that offense down, but I, it all comes down to the L.A. defense because the Patriots are not going to shut out the Rams. The Rams have too much, too much talent. You know, whether it's Brandon Cooks or Gurley, they can make plays down the field. They're going to put some points on the board. It's all going to come down to the Los Angeles Rams front four against Brady. Because if they can't get pressure, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib don't have a chance. I mean, they're good corners. Tlaib in particular, Marcus Peters is overrated. Tlaib is a good corner. Peters is a, is a decent corner. Those guys can't cover very long against that system that New England runs. And if Brady gets comfortable and has time in the pocket, he's going to beat them. He's just too good, right? He is. How's the perspective changed for the country, though? Think about this. Let's think back five, six years ago. We are like, I'm so sick of this dude, man. He's not that good. Peyton Manning's better. Ah! And now everybody's like, God. He really is the GOAT. 
You can't argue with it now. No. You know what I mean? I mean, no, the the, the numbers are silly. <laughs> I've sent y'all some some videos where like the guys going, "Oh my god, how did he complete that wide open three three yard pass?" They are funny, but stop it! Like if it's that easy, stop it. You know, it's like somebody. If they, oh, you don't think a layup's easy? Well, block it. Like I mean, but it's never been something that anybody else has been able to stop outside <coughs> of. And let's keep this in perspective. Early on in his career, tuck rule, luckiness. Absolutely. Casey kicking the ball out of bounds on a a, field, uh, a kickoff puts him right there on the 40 or 35. He got lucky early on. But, dude, a Tyree helmet grab, like where he literally catches the ball against his helmet and then a catch that Welker would probably catch about 10,000 times in a row. Yeah. Would have sealed another Super Bowl, dude. Stop! If you can't stop it, you gotta go ahead and say he's the goat. You can't continue to go. Oh, he's well, so lucky. Here's the thing: is is even if we go and we start taking away, without adding to, we're you know we're not gonna give him credit for the you know the David Tyree catch against the helmet or the fact that Welker dropped a bunny. Even if we don't give him those, and we still take away, you know. Well, we're going to take away the the Super Bowl that had anything to do with the Tuck Rule. We're going to take away, you know, the Seattle game because the the Seahawks <laughs> should have just punched it in. Even then, though, you're like, uh, even if I take all that away, he's still the best. I, well, I mean, it's ridiculous. And even if even if you're looking at the game itself, the team, like everybody regards the Buffalo Bills that went to four straight and lost all four as one of the better teams that's ever played. Yeah. If you take all those that you just talked about off the board, they still got at least, what, three or four? Yeah. Three. That's the point. I mean, <laughs> that's my point, too. Like, we're I making mean, the same th- point. this dude, 13 AFC championships. I, I, I can't stand this dude. But ultimate supreme respect, and there's nobody even in the conversation. Well, and it's a funny thing. The thing I brought up was Michael Jordan. And I'm a Carolina guy. I got so tired of him winning every year. But after he was gone, I kind of missed it. I have a feeling there's going to be a little like, man, should we have enjoyed Brady a little bit more instead of throwing all this shade on him? I have a feeling that – and there's going to be a lot of people who will say, hell no, I'm glad he's gone. But for me, I'm going to be like, dude, what did we just witness? Like, that dude – I mean, it goes all the way to uh, 9-11. They're the, th- that was their first Super Bowl right after that. Think about how long ago that is and their dominance from that And And to period. give perspective, I'm sitting in a law class the other day. Right. And my professor, who is my age, asked, how many of you in here remember where you were on 9-11? I was the only hand that raised. Oh, wow. That's tough. That tells you are listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I got to say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. 
All right, final segment. We'll get our final licks in. I, Brandon, you were talking sort of waxing poetic about maybe we should enjoy Brady more. I honestly, I'm not pandering to your blowing sunshine up your behind. That's how I feel about this because we're at an age, us, where we have kids that are you know either on the threshold of being grown or grown. And my way of looking at things is, you know, who am I going to tell my grandkids about? And frankly. At, at my age, I'm like, I'm near the end of my prime. So there's nobody else that's going to come I along. Totally, I totally disagree. You're well, right. there's, there's nobody else. You're right else. in the middle of your prime. I, I hear you, brother. I appreciate that. But there's nobody else that's going to come along in the middle of my prime years that's going to exceed what Brady's done. I mean, if Mahomes, I, I mean, there's nobody else. Is there a quarterback out there? That even has multiple Super Bowl championships. I guess you got Roethlisberger and Manning. No, Roethlisberger got one or two. He's got two. Manning's got two. Manning's on his way out. But let's and Roethlisberger's too old to even do it. So let's say, um, let's say Rodgers. Rodgers has got one. Let's say Rodgers goes on a tear and wins the Super Bowl every other year for the rest of his career. He still doesn't come close to what Brady's done. Yep. So there's nobody that's going to catch this guy. So when when my grandkids and I sit down and we talk, and I got one this big football fan, we can't have too many substantive conversations about football yet, but we will. I'm going to have to talk about the greats of my generation. Yeah. And Brady's it, and there's no close second. I could talk to him about Peyton Manning. Hell, I can tell him where I was when Peyton Manning made his first appearance for Tennessee. Because I know exactly where I was. Yeah, it's just one of those you know chances that was out there. But but dude, the last the last quarterback to win before Brady, quarterback to win more than one Super Bowl was Elway, and then you had two since then. You had Eli Manning and uh, Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's, that's how rare it is, dude. And I mean, you look at look at Bradshaw. Bradshaw won four. Great. Bradshaw was horrible. Oh, Peyton Manning. Yeah, Manning has you're right. Manning did. Yep. Manning has to. But my point is, nobody's going to approach this. And and you know what? Maybe down the road, and maybe it's Mahomes. Maybe it's Trevor Lawrence. Maybe it's some kid that's in junior high now, comes along and goes to 15 conference championships. Great. I'd love to see it. But if that were to happen, I'm going to be 65 by the time it does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we only get to do this. And it transfers over. This is a conversation you and I kind of started to have earlier. People need to step back and appreciate Brady. But the other thing they need to step back, they need to appreciate this Golden State Warriors team. Because whether you realize it or not, the beginning of the end is coming. And I don't know what Golden State's going to look like two years from now, but it's not going to be what it looks like today. Durant is gone. He's not coming back. It's just not going to happen. They have decisions to make with Klay Thompson, with Draymond Green, and Boogie Cousins. They can't keep all of them on Supermax deals. It doesn't work that way. Right. You know, you got to pay Steph, and you have to have the rest of the complimentary cast around. So does that mean that Golden State's not going to be the number one seed next year? I have no idea. I don't know what subtracting Durant, now that you've added him, means. And I also don't know what, it, what whether Clay Thompson's going to be there. I would assume that if the core is intact, minus Durant and, don't forget, minus Boogie Cousins, that Golden State probably is at the top of the Western Conference. Yeah. But they're not a lock anymore. I mean, think about what the other teams around them have done. 
How much better is Clay Thompson and Steph Curry without Durant and Cousins? How much better is that than Westbrook and George? How much better is it than LeBron and Anthony Davis or whomever? How much better is it than Harden and Paul and Capella? They're not. So enjoy what this is. Yeah, it's been kind of boring to a certain extent, but at the same time, we love greatness in America. And this is this generation's Bulls teams. I got one more comment about Tom Talk Brady. To me, but, baby. But, but, dude, I mean, I'm with you. Like, think about how many times you looked up at the screen and said, oh, Roger Federer just went on it again. And, like, was like, don't even appreciate it. Serena Williams, that, oh my God. Like, her whole career, then she's not even in the playing shape and she's still playing, beat the number one and barely gets beat by. Somebody right before, uh, what was the last? Um, Australian Open. The Australian. She, beat, she takes off the number one. Tiger Woods, another example. How, and, how, how much were we like, God damn. Tiger's ruining golf. And then as soon as he's gone, we're like, golf sucks without Tiger. And now that he's kind of back, we're like, oh, Tiger, 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 Tiger. The we saddest, love greatness look, in America, but we love to hate greatness. And we never appreciate it in the moment. Bro, I've lived the death of Dean Smith. It will be a sad day when Coach K is out of coaching for me. It will change that whole dynamic forever. And people hate Coach K. They hate Duke. But once it's over, it's over. Let me hit you something real quick about yeah. Tom Brady. And this is ifs, nuts. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But it's interesting. In the last four years, Tom Brady has won this uh, Super Bowl MVP, right? If Nick Foles doesn't get that Philly Philly, remember his stats last year? Tom Brady's the MVP this that year. Oh, God, year. yeah, when he threw for 508 <coughs> yards or some nonsense. So How many yards did he throw for? It, you don't have it was like 500-plus yeah, yards. If they were to win this year, it's likely that he'll be MVP again. I mean – Likely, if they win again this year. So you're looking by maybe a hair, a centimeter. That This dude could have won the last four out of the last five <laughs> Super Bowl MVPs. Think about how great that is compared to everybody else. I mean, you got – I mean, it's just unbelievable. And by the way, he does have four. He's already got four Super Bowl MVPs. Seems like it should be more with the dominance he's put Seems on everybody. Like. Trent, wake up. Trent. Trent, you all right? Yeah, just listening. I, I feel like you haven't said a word in the last half hour. Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> my bad, dog. Oh, it's good. Trent, See, you know why I you're, think, perfect? Okay, you know why you're my... perfect for this show? Why? Because when me and – I'm not even going to try and lump Brandon in with me, but when we get stupid, you're just like – and you just sit back and chill. You're, you are the Clay Thompson. Oh, God. Of this show, where you're like, I don't need the ball, I'm good. I'm gonna play some defense when they need it. When they need somebody to knock down a jumper, I'm gonna make a joke about Katrina. Well, you I gotta let him it. talk because last time he talked was when he was backup singing for you the last segment, <laughs> yeah. talking about uh, Kaplan's balls, oh, golf geez. balls. See, maybe there's okay. A so what you guys said was 100 percent exactly what. The Rams expect, and the Patriots are going to do the exact opposite, win the game. So what are they going to do? They're going to – I bet you the first 15 plays are pass plays. 
The second half is going to be laden with runs, and the Patriots are going to beat them by at least seven. All right, so you got the Patriots by more than a touchdown. Yep. I've got the Rams by two touchdowns. No way. I think the Rams are going to get out and get loose and and shock I think the they world. could be. I think it could be trading shots, dude. Well, I think course, they both could, could go back and forth. It could be a track meet. I mean, it, and the NFL would love nothing more than for this to be a 52-48 ball game. Yeah. I mean, that's what they feel like sells. I don't know if there's any validity to it or not. I guess so, I'm going to take the Rams just to be crazy. Because I, you know, whatever. I'm going to take it by two. I think here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Rams are going to finish the job that Atlanta did in the first half a couple years ago. Okay. This Rams team is better than that Falcons team, and I'm not sure that this Patriots team is as good as that Patriots team. If the Falcons, if if, if they lost their minds, my money in is the on second Belichick half. and Josh McDaniels. Oh, you know how I am, bro. If it, my money if, is if, on Belichick, if and New Josh England comes McDaniels. out and wins by seventy, I'm not going to be surprised. Whatever. I'm taking the Rams vilification. Whatever Wade Phillips comes up with, Josh McDaniels knows, Belichick knows, (laughs) and he is going to give it to Tom Brady to put it down Wade Phillips' bum ass. See, my thing is – oh, I like that bum ass. Thank you. My thing is Wade Phillips is wise and sagely enough to know that Josh McDaniels knows what Wade Phillips knows, so he's going to go against the grain – and he's going to channel like, his inner bum Phillips. He's he's going to channel his daddy. He's got bum Phillips spying Josh in the New England locker room right now. Josh That's McDaniels what the difference is. Watched. Bum Phillips and his ghost cowboy hat is the difference in this ball game. Bum Phillips finally gets redemption after the Steelers kept him out of the Super Bowl on a phantom out-of-bounds call in the end zone. Bum Phillips finally gets his justice. It's like the Princess Bride. I knew that you knew that I was going to move the poison over there, and then if I didn't do, like that's basically what you got going on there. I got you. I got. That was kind of the point. For the Eddie Murphy, I know that you know that you know that I know that you one up. (laughs) I think it's. I was about to say St. Louis. I think it's the Rams by a touchdown. All right, cool. But only if they run the ball. The weakest link. You can't qualify it, though. you got to make a prediction. But the weakest link is golf, right? Like yes. When the Lions out in the Sahara, they like don't go after the biggest bull out there, right? They're going you know, at, yeah, you're right. They're like going to try to tag some little baby fawn's yep. legs. So if you run the ball at the beginning of the game, you win. By seven. All right, so you got, the Rams, you got the Rams by a touchdown. I got them by more than two touchdowns, and you've got the Patriots by a touchdown. 24-17. This is the thing. It's all going to come down to golf because he is no. not going to have McVay calling plays because the Patriots are not going to show anything. The reason it's not going to come down to golf. 15 or less. Yeah, but the reason so it's, it's not going to come, come down to golf, the reason it's not going to come down to golf is that the Patriots are not going to be able to move up and down the field like they normally do. Because here's the bottom line. If Goff plays the best game he's possible, he, he can possibly play, if that defense doesn't stop Brady, Brady will beat him. Tom Brady is going to take three steps back and, short, and throw short, quick slants two yards down the field. They're not going to be able to get in front of it. And when they do pressure, hand the ball off to Michelle and he's gone. All right, we'll see. 
I'm excited. England's going to win, baby. I'm excited. Belichick's last. We got them committed. They're in the Trent Nichols notebook. So, do the Rams come out as a unified front? That's how people do now. They don't come out individually for the Super Bowl. Belichick ruined that for everybody. So you have the Rams by seven. This is something people lost sight of. Belichick, with if he wins this Super Bowl, becomes he moves into a tie for the most NFL championships by a head coach all time. And that includes the pre-Super Bowl days when they were playing with five teams in the NFL. He would tie, I think Curly Lambeau and Vince Lombardi both have six. Belichick would move into a tie with them for six NFL championships. That's bananas. And New because England Because that legit, the NFL Pittsburgh. back, would they have eight teams, 11 teams, something yeah. nonsense? That's they, six they more. Pittsburgh with six championships, too. That's six more than Riverboat Ron has right now. Yeah, and you know what? I was going to reference that. Josh Brady just got done watching Wade Phillips' defensive Who's Josh call. Brady? Josh Daniels. <laughs> Josh McDaniels just got done watching the Panthers versus the Broncos Super Bowl, so he knows exactly what Mr. Phillips is going to run. Okay. All right, well, that's cool because Bum Phillips was a ghost watching Bum Josh Phillips, McDaniels doing Bum that. Bum Phillips and he's lived up to his back name to Wade. and never won a Super Bowl. Hey, did y'all hear about that kid a that, bum. that did his uh, – his science project about proving that, yes, the, that the, Patriots, the Patriots cheat, and he yes. won Shut the, up. the science contest. No, I got to full yeah. on. Got to see that. Yeah, it's a real thing, man. They're it cheaters. On oh, I'm 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 after it. Is it like a video presentation of what's going no, on? No, it's a board that he put together. It's oh around all the stats. I mean, and he like he de- runs real it. stats about deflated balls, how much further he could throw. He had three people all. throwing: his mom, his brother, him, and it proved that the I people love would it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I feel like we've run way more than fifty. Yeah, minutes. I'm. I'm not. Feeling I'm starting like, to feel nervous. I'm. Yeah. I'm starting to feel nervous. No production issues the entire time. Well, one little hiccup to begin. Oh, but we like got right underneath the tape. I feel like I've just talked a lot, and we may have not gotten this. We about on to tape. find out for sure. Oh, oh! Ah! Woo! Psych! All right, we'll see y'all next week. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Love you guys. Peace. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.